occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 98. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses in summertime. As Disturbed would say, I've been down with the sickness. Stop. But we have a great new episode for you today. What are you talking about? This week, I'll be telling you about the ghostly lady of Raynham Hall. Ooh, I'm also talking about ghostly lady, the legend of the mistletoe bow. I love this because we have written these weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Neither Um, one of us has a clue. Bear with us. We hadn't had a chance to record, so I'm hoping it comes across fine. This lady is also called the white lady. There are so many white ladies in the world, it's hard to keep track. Me being one of them. (laughs) You being another. Good God. That's already so many. (laughs) So, some spooky news before that, though. Presume you don't want to say anything else? You want to do a little show and tell? Yeah. (laughs) Can't show, because it's a podcast. Listen to this. That's my bag of crisps. Okay, Kate's having a... An episode. So, some spooky news before we get into the topics. From Mashable, The Conjuring House was recently, I don't know how recent nowadays, <laughs> was recently bought for $1.5 million. What's that in today's money? <laughs> oh, good lord. So, absolutely yonks ago, we talked about the real life story of The Conjuring and the parent family that lived there through the horrors of the house. But if you haven't heard of that, or haven't heard the episode, which might be for the best, because... Then have you been living in a box? The quality is not so great. But you might have seen the movie The Conjuring that was based on a true story. It's a little-known indie movie. So the house was built in 1736, and it still stands today in Rhode Island, and is sold for the price, which is actually 25% more than the asking price. Which might surprise you. But the reason behind it is pretty wholesome. How does that happen? Like, someone's like, I want a million. And you're like, take five. (laughs) And you just buy the house. Well, the previous owners were actually a paranormal investigator duo named Corey and Jennifer. And they chose this family to purchase the house because the new owners also have a passion for the paranormal. So they were allowed them to buy the house on one condition. The new owners cannot live there in, in the house year round because the energy inside is too powerful. And they were like, yeah, okay. And the new owners were so excited to buy the house, they agreed to this, offered a high price, and you know, in hopes of sealing the deal, and they got it. Pretty cool. I have a question. I may have the answer. How would they know? I would lie. I would say, yeah, totally won't be there all year. And then I'll be like, three, six, five, I'm in the house. Why? Why not? Because it might be ghosts in there. Because I've been told I can't do it. They made a whole movie. It's got like 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. It, you know, that's ghosts. Listen, if Ed and Lorraine Warren turn up, I ain't complaining. They would also be ghosts, so that would be really exactly. sucky. Party. Ghost party. Oh, I see. It's a, it's a plan. It's mm. a long-winded plan for you to have friends. She's making the face. <laughs> The only way I can have friends, apparently, is if they're deceased. So if any of you guys pop your clogs, then (laughs) hit me up. You want to tell them your story? No. Goodbye, Ab. I'm sorry, Kate, that was a low blow. It was. Apparently, my sources are Wikipedia, hauntedrooms.co.uk, thelineup.com, ghosts.fandom.com, occult-world.com, and There Is No Death by Florence Marriott. Of course... 
As I've already mentioned, I'll be talking about the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. But first, as usual, I want to give you some information on the hall and the surrounding area. History. History. Geography. 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 <laughs> Raynham Humanity's Hall. subjects. <laughs> humanity. Humanity. Raynham Hall is a country house situated in Norfolk, which is in England. If you've listened to our episode on Patreon about the Blickling Estate, then apologies because you'll already know about Norfolk. Um, and it's also where the Black Shuck stuff that I've talked about before. My mum wrote a little, a little anecdote for you guys in a previous episode. Very quickly, it's a very rural county in East Anglia, bordering Lincolnshire, Cambridgeshire and Suffolk. Norfolk is also one of the places where the tale of Black Shuck is spread. Raynham Hall began construction back in 1619, but was delayed until 1622, where it really began to form. For the most part, it was complete by 1637, which is unfortunately when Sir Roger Townsend, the politician who embarked on the build, died. The Townsends then continued to preside in Raynham Hall for nearly 400 years afterwards, and you can totally see why, because it is gorgeous it's like typical english manor house mm. old timey mm. big the point i'm trying to make it's super old and all of us know that with super old comes super creepy super haunted super ghosty mm. legend has it that in 1713 dorothy walpole who was the sister to robert walpole who is generally considered to be the first prime minister of great britain she married Charles Townsend and was his second wife who lived with him in Raynham Hall. However, Charles was known for his violent temper and Dorothy had been cheating on him with Lord Wharton. Wharton? Wharton. Wharton? Wharton or Wharton? What letter does it be? I don't know a clue why I said it like that. It's Wharton. Like what? W-H-A-R-T-O-N. Wharton. <laughs> When Charles found out, he locked her in Raynham Hall and staged a fake funeral so that no one would come looking for her. What a bastard. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Charles. Dorothy remained in Raynham Hall from this time on until she passed away from smallpox in 1726. Nothing creepy happened around this time, though. It wasn't until 1835 that the first sighting of the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall, who is Dorothy comes about. Dorothy, I feel like you've already forgotten, is the woman who just died of smallpox. The sighting was from Lucia C. Stone, who had joined a gathering at Raynham Hall for Christmas. Two guests, Hawkins and Colonel Loftus, had mentioned that they'd seen a brown lady one night as they'd gone past Lady Townshend's bedroom. She was nicknamed the brown lady because of the dated brown dress she was wearing. The very next evening, Colonel Loftus reported having seen the brown lady on the staircase, carrying a lamp, but he'd looked right at her face this time. He was like, I need to know what is going on. Who are you? And was surprised to see that her eye sockets were completely black and empty. Well, isn't that just absolutely terrifying? And it worst Christmas ever. <laughs> it was especially obvious because he described the rest of her skin as glowing. So, like, the, the black sockets were, like, completely juxtaposed. Loftus made a sketch of her, which he then showed to everyone the next morning. Fair enough. Which I imagine was, again, the worst breakfast. <laughs> Everyone's like, Merry Christmas, and he's like, nope, I have to scare you all now. Now look at this lady with no eyes. 
This is what living with me is like. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, yeah. look at this. I'm like, good morning, Av. And you're like, look at this lady with no eyes. The next year, Captain Frederick Marriott requested to spend a night in the haunted stateroom of Raynham Hall that had made many staff quit their jobs in the previous year. Frederick was a sceptic of the haunting and believed that local smugglers had staged it so that people would stay away from the area. Quite how you can stage a lady with no eyes, I don't know. Good uh, makeup. VFX. Yeah. VFX. I'm sorry, I was such a mess today. He didn't write about the experience himself, but his daughter Florence wrote the following. He took possession of the room in which the portrait of the apparition hung, and in which she had been often seen and slept each night with a loaded revolver under his pillow. For two days, however, he saw nothing, and the third was to be the limit of his stay. On the third night, however, two young men knocked at his door as he was undressing to go to bed and asked him to step over to their room, which was at the other end of the corridor, and give them his opinion on a new gun just arrived from London. My father was in his shirt and trousers, but as the hour was late and everybody retired to rest except themselves, he prepared to accompany them as, as he was. As they were leaving the room, he caught up his revolver. In case you meet the brown lady, he said. Laughing. When the inspection of the gun was over, the young men in the same spirit declared they would accompany my father back again. In case you meet the brown lady, they repeated, laughing also. The three gentlemen therefore returned in company. The corridor was long and dark, and the lights had been extinguished, but as they reached the middle of it, they saw a glimmer of a lamp coming towards them from the other end. One of the ladies going to visit the nurseries whispered the young townshands to my father. Now the bedroom doors in that corridor faced each other, and each room had a double door with a space between, as is the case in many old-fashioned houses. My father, as I have said, was in his shirt and trousers only, and his native modesty made him feel uncomfortable, so he slipped within one of the outer doors, his friends following his example, to conceal himself until this lady should have passed by. I've heard him describe how he watched her approaching nearer and nearer through the chink of the door until, as she was close enough for him to distinguish the colours and style of her costume, he recognised the figure as the facsimile of the portrait of the brown lady. He had his finger on the trigger of his revolver and was about to demand it to stop and give the reason for its presence there when the figure halted of its own accord before the door behind which he stood and holding the lighted lamp she carried to her features grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him. This act so infuriated my father, who was anything but lamb-like in disposition, that he sprang into the corridor with a bound and discharged the revolver right in her face. The figure instantly disappeared, the figure at which for several minutes three men had been looking at together, and the bullet passed through the outer door of the room on the opposite side of the corridor and lodged in the panel of the inner one. My father never attempted again to interfere with the brown lady of Raynham. Whoa. So, pretty old-timey, but basically shot a ghost in the face and she wasn't happy with it. Yeah. She sounds a bit scary as well. Right? Doing Why does she grin. grin at him? Ooh, she likes being spooky. That is haunting, literally. <laughs> oh my God. This is a ghost episode, did you know? There was one more encounter with the brown lady. In 1926, where Lady Townhend's son and his friend had seen the ghost on the staircase and managed to identify her from a portrait that hung on the wall, and the portrait was of Dorothy. 
There is a photograph of the brown lady. What? On the 19th of September, 1936, a photographer working for Country Life magazine, Captain Hubert C. Provend, and his assistant, Indre Shearer, had been taking photographs of the estate for an article that Country Life would be publishing. They were doing internal shots of the staircase and were gearing up to do their second one when Indre saw a vapoury form gradually assuming the appearance of a woman moving from the top of the stairs towards them at the bottom. He then told Hubert to remove the cap from the lens so they could take a photograph of this anomaly. Once the negative was developed, this has now become the most famous photograph of the brown lady of Raynham Hall, and some would argue, of any ghost ever. I'd be out of there. I would pack it up and leave. Actually, don't even pack it up. Just leave. Just get out of there. Skeptics have tried to explain the photograph as a hoax. However, shortly after the photograph was taken, Harry Price, who was a paranormal investigator, interviewed the pair of them and their negative and said that he couldn't shake their story and that the, neg the negative hadn't been faked. Others believe there was a grease stain on the lens or that one of the pair made their way down the stairs during an exposure, or even a trick of the light in the camera itself. Obviously, though, this is a time before Photoshop, so even if it has been faked, it's pretty impressively faked. Mm. Finally, it seems as though Dorothy isn't stuck in death as she was in life. Why would you fake that if you were doing something for Country File? Country Life. Country life. Country file wasn't a thing. What was that? Is that a show? Country file's a show. It was in on like on in like the two thousands. Oh, sorry. Country life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch TV. A really early screening of Country File. Yeah, the first one ever. <laughs> Dorothy isn't stuck in death as she was in life because the brown lady also haunts Horton Hall. H O U G H T O N which is the home that her brother built on the ruins of her family home, where Dorothy spent many of the happiest years of her life. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So she kind of flicks between being at peace in her home and grinning at people in the place she died. Yeah. What a life to Freaking live. people out and having a gentle time. And honestly... Two sides of the coin. I'm a bit jealous. You do that anyway. I try to freak people out in my comfy home. Yeah, me. Predominantly. Mm. Roger. Yeah. Secondly, that's it. <laughs> so that's it. That's my creepy ghost lady. Very spooky, very creepy, very ghostly. Well, I'm about to ask you just how spooky, creepy and ghostly. <laughs> that's the new scare scale. Okay. Um, how scary is this lady? I'm going to say three and a half. Ooh. Because she doesn't sound very malicious because she didn't do anything. But the fact that she has no eyes and did that creepy smile is really bumping it up for me. Mm. Yeah. The um, the long part that I read was from There Is No Death by Florence Marriott, by the way. I did mention that in the sources, but if you just want to give it a long old read. I had a thing in mind, but I didn't write it. I implore you. How dangerous. One. She says, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. That was the scare. I was scary. Yeah, yeah, Not true. danger. What is the likelihood that this ghost is legit? Four. Oh. There's a photo. I haven't seen it myself, but I will be looking at it. It'll be on our socials at Mitz Magic Pod if it exists online. It does. And then it will be, definitely. <laughs> um, do you have any ideas? There's a ghost. Oh my goodness. Can you visit the house? You know, I'm honestly not too sure. Is it like listed to visit? 
Because if it is, then it could be some tourism or like an attraction because a lot of them don't mention it. But, you know, they're always online on their websites. They have them. Mm. Um, could just be a story. A scary Christmas story. Ghost stories used to be a thing at Christmas, didn't they? This should be a Christmas episode because mine's set at Christmas. How I only just realised that. Well, Merry Christmas in July. We won't be releasing this until Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. The Conjuring House was bought years ago <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yes, this is Christmas How 2025. Weird is that? We both did Christmas. Oh, we wasted stories that we could have said at Christmas. I'm sorry. You picked both of these yeah, stories. So. <laughs> By picking, I mean I went on the Wikipedia page, read the first line, and gave it to Kate. I did not read it. She's read the whole thing. She is actually the brown lady of Raynham Hall. Oh, my God. I don't want people to think that we fake our reactions, because that's not true. I do. I feel nothing. <laughs> do you have any other ideas? No. Ghost tourism story. Do you have any ideas? There could be asbestos in the walls causing hallucinations. <laughs> okay. Oh, building makes you see things. Yeah, no, I oh, feel... I suppose... Oh, sorry, you're probably Go going to say it. I suppose if you're going to a place where it's already really old, you might just imagine yeah. something. That You have a psychology word for that. Creepy old house. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. I know what you mean. I've forgotten the word momentarily. Uh... Uh... <laughs> let's just skip past that. Fuck it, doesn't matter. Well, if you like the podcast and you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at Myths Magic Pod on Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow, wait, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Myths Magic Murder. Over on Patreon, you can get video content. Not today. <laughs> because, because my phone just said no thanks. Every other day, you'll get it. Um, we also do little extra episodes on there if you want to hear us chat some more shite. And before every episode, we give you a coffee and a chat so you get to know a little bit more about us and our lives because we're selfish and we want you to listen. Mm -hmm. And 10% off merchandise. You can view the merchandise over on midsmagicmurder.com and on the website. It'll be episode 100 soon. Let us know some fun things to do. What else have we got? I want to say thank you to our new patron, Bethan. Thanks, Bethan. We love you. Yeah, if you go to mythsmagicandmurder.com forward slash 100, you can send us like Q&A, stairs, stuff like that. We've got a couple of good ones already, so if you want to send us those, you can participate. And a fun little thing. If you have any haunted happenings, terrifying tales or spooky stories, there's a little bit on the website for that, but also at email, mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. So let me get into my story. So the mistletoe bow funny thing about this um is that it's spelt like b-o-w i think but i kept saying bow no it's not it's b-o-u-g-h yeah bow and i kept reading it as bow oh yeah bow but it's bow it's pronounced bow i i did see the pronunciation it was like bow but i kept reading it as bow so i wrote it like bow bun in my notes i was gonna so say like I bow could, bun so that i could remember how to pronounce it the mistletoe bow bun isn't it i really hope that it is right and i have not just saying bow bun the whole time anyway my sources are wikipedia dials dialstart.net burialsandbeyond.com special collections university of southampton.wordpress.com mistletoediary.com so this is a pretty interesting thing to talk about because it's actually a horror story that appeared in the form of a poem by a man named Samuel Rogers in 1822. So it was published in a book named Italy, and in notes on his work, Samuel stated that the story is founded on fact, though the time and the place are uncertain, many, lay many houses lay claim to it. 
So while this story is presented as a poem, it's thought to have some truth to it, and the mistletoe bough is thought to haunt various old houses in England, but most notably Brockish Hall in Norfolk and Bramshill House in Hampshire. It's Brock Hall, but it's like Brock-ish. No, just like a bit Brock. (laughs) Tiny bit Brock. The poem gained popularity as time went on, especially in the 1830s when it appeared in a song named The Mistletoe Bow. The song became extremely popular and it was sang every Christmas in English households, becoming one of the most popular songs ever written. I've heard it. No, no I have heard. Rihanna. So this story has since been passed through various forms of media over the years, in short stories and even in films such as Rope by Alfred Hitchcock. So Abby, what the heck's the story? <laughs> Jesus. Well, I won't read you the whole poem because it's pretty long. I'm Do not it. Kate. I didn't write it down. I didn't realise we were going to exchange poems. You can you can Google it, but I will tell you the apparent true story, which is what we're all here for, I think. I'm going on strike until I hear the whole poem. So it was their wedding night, and a young couple named Anne and Hugh were having a fun evening playing hide-and-seek before heading to the bedchambers. Oh, those two kooky cats. It was also Christmas. Side note, in some versions, the woman's name is Anne, an English bride, and in others, it's Genevieve, an Italian bride. I'm just going to go anyway, either way. The bride is desperately trying to find a good hiding spot for this little fun game of hide-and-seek. And she come across an old oak chest and thought it would be an excellent place to hide. Never get in. What she didn't know is that the chest had a hidden spring and it would lock yep. upon closing. Yep. So her husband and the wedding party searched high and low for her until he eventually gave up. Some of the party assumed Anne was just playing a prank, and because she, she was in a very excitable mood. Just a prank, Ham. But they soon became concerned when she didn't show up. There were rumours she had fled instead of spending her life with Hugh, but he continued to search for her for decades. So the story varies. He must be a really shit finder. Yeah. <laughs> Not very good. Do you know what I mean? But he did try. When I look for headphones, I'm checking the top of the wardrobe. I check in the toilet, because sometimes I put things there. I'm checking... In the toilet bowl. Yeah, yeah, to keep him safe. I'm checking, like, in my pairs of socks. He's not opening this huge oak chest. He dumb. Anyway, <laughs> so the story varies when it comes to different old houses that claim the story originated there. Or it's thought that may- many women might have faced the same faith, but it's kind of like, this story is so famous, different old houses want to say, like, it's to do with us. Okay, here I've written Brockdish, so maybe it's Brockdish and not Brockish. <laughs> Oh man, this is the worst episode of my life. I think it's quite good. So in the Brockdish Hall story, it is said that one year later, somebody opened the chest by chance and found a rotting corpse in bridal wear. Of course they did. She was sat there. But in the other house story, it said that she was lost for 50 years before somebody came across her corpse, still in her bridal gown, hidden inside of the chest. A sprig of mistletoe was clutched in her skeleton hand. There were scratches in the lid, showing her desperate attempt to escape. In the lid. That reminds me of those creepy stories where it's like, you know, the Victorians that got buried alive? Mm. And there was like those scratches and like blood and nails in the, in the top of the coffin. Nothing gives me the creeps quite like Victorians. People called Victoria. General. Sorry to any Victorians listening to this. I don't like you. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, there are a couple of spooky locations that claim to be the origin. But Bramshill is thought to be the one that is the most haunted because it has 14 ghosts, apparently. Like, one of the most haunted locations in England. There have been accounts of a white lady passing through the room that supposedly happened in recent history. People who had stayed in the house throughout history have apparently been asked to move or have asked to move 
because they don't want to like be disturbed by this skeleton ghost. Mm, I, I can understand that. Yeah. It said that her favourite scent was Lily of the Valley and you can smell it when she's near. Haunting. If you visit the house today, you may find a wooden chest on display at the entrance. Spooky. It was also on display at the height of the song and the story popularity in the 1800s. However, in 1890, Sir William Cope released a pamphlet that said the original chest that had been viewed by everybody was no longer in the property, and there was also no record of any bride dying in his family, and no ghosts had seen any relatives. So that I wouldn't. Of... I wouldn't be making a record of a woman dying if I had failed to find her in hide and seek either. Oh, that is true. Whether this true, the story is true or not, it's interesting how popular it got and how many different locations wanted to claim it. You know, like it's mm. kind of they think it's like a good thing. Other places even claim they have the original Italian chest too. Ooh. In some modern tellings of the story, to kind of uh, spice it up a bit, they say that the bride is brought back to life with mistletoe. And they live happily ever after. My God. Imagine judging up a ghost story. Mm. Imagine being that guy. Being like, boring. No one wants to hear this. You know what's better? Mistletoe reincarnation. I'd like to see it. Resurrect her. You want to do the scare scale? Yeah. How scary? I am not a fan of her loitering ghostily around. So I'm going to say four. Dangerous? I think she is. She wouldn't fly. 0.5. Seems like an alright woman. Likelihood? I can totally see a woman having been stuck in an oak chest. 100%. Because those things are easy to get stuck in if you are deciding to enter one. Mm -hmm. But the ghostliness is what I'm having trouble with. I can't imagine... I don't believe in ghosts. So. <laughs> this is a good podcast for you to be a part of. <laughs> um, let's say three. Go on. Any ideas? I think this would be a perfect little Christmas story. It is possible that it's a real ghost and she's just been stuck. Possibly a cautionary tale. Don't put yourself in a locking box. Someone was jilted. Uh, you know, like their, their lover ran away and they were like, what's a better story than them not finding me attractive anymore? Aha! They died in a box and we mm. found them 50 years later. That is elaborate and convincing. I feel like I would do that. You would? Yeah, if I was yeah, jilted. Yeah, you were just so dramatic. 100%. God, could you imagine me saying I was left at the altar? No. No, no. Stuffed in a lockbox. <laughs> left there for years. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's all I have. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had a lovely time. Me too. This has been a good episode. Thank you it. for listening. If you like the show, please head over to iTunes or Spotify. Give us a nice little rating on there. A nice little five-star. If you didn't like it, fuck off. Mm. <laughs> that is true. That's all I have. Don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>